And even as I wonder, I'm keeping you in sight. You're a candle in the window on a cold, dark winter's night. And I'm getting closer than I ever thought I might. And I can't fight this feeling anymore I've forgotten what I started fighting for It's time to bring this ship into the shore And throw away the oars forever Donnie boy! Donnie boy! I'm trying. I'm really trying here to give you the benefit of the doubt. And sitting around the old social club this week, I racked my brain on what I could cover. I couldn't continue to talk about documents. Documents. Talking about documents? I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. That was the infamous press conference by NBA legend Allen Iverson. Sorry for the segue there. I thought it was apropos, as they say. But lo and behold, Donnie, as they say, we've had a small crack in the case with an exclusive from the Washington Post that you took some documents that contained nuclear secrets of other nations. These documents that were so sensitive, the FBI agents who came to get them weren't allowed to actually read them. This morning, new fallout from the classified material allegedly found at former President Trump's Florida residence. The Washington Post reports a document FBI agents seized at Mar-a-Lago describes a foreign government's military defenses and nuclear capabilities. The Post adding some of the seized documents detail top secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. Why do you need the nuclear documents, Donnie? Why you gotta go and take the nuclear documents? Forget it, Donnie, you're out of your element. Donnie, you're out of your element. So this is why I couldn't fight the feeling here that no matter what you say at this point, Donnie, you fucked up this time. You really fucked up. But again, with the upside down world we live in, I'm waiting to hear and see how Fox News spins this one. And what does Tucker say about this? What can they possibly come up with? And what fucknut at the Republican Party will create a talking point that, again, exonerates this type of behavior? Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light. And, you know, has it ever occurred to you that instead of, uh, you know, running around uh, uh, blaming me, you know, given the nature of all this new shit, you know, this could be a a, a lot more... uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? What is the reporting saying now? Does this matter? A quick scroll of various sources tells you the following. Documents about such highly classified operations require special clearances on a need-to-know basis, not just top-secret clearance. Some special access programs 
can have as few as a couple dozen government personnel authorized to know of an operation's existence. Records that deal with such programs are kept under lock and key, almost always in a secure, compartmented information facility with a designated control officer to keep careful tabs on their location. Sure, that didn't happen at Mar-a-Lago. Can we ask or even speculate here that Trump knew the value of having these documents? He knew that these documents could provide leverage. And if he really got into a bind, maybe he could use these for something. Is that reality or is that conspiracy? CNN political analyst, New York Times Washington correspondent Maggie Haberman has just written about his possible motive, joins us now. So you raise, I mean, there's a bunch of different explanations, but you raise one possibility that this may be more about the president's, former president's personality than anything else. It could be. And he was certainly known as somebody who liked to show things off. He liked to show off the accoutrements of being president. Tchotchkes, you would call them. When he, was, when he was a businessman, he had tchotchkes in, the, in some corner of his office. Shaquille O'Neal's giant shoe, he would show off a lot to visitors. And it was always the same tour. Um, he liked showing off these Kim Jong-un letters when he was president. People would come to the Oval wow. Office, reporters, uh, you know, visiting dignitaries you name it, and, and he would wave them around. And, and we know that at least some of those were among the items that were at Mar-a-Lago. So that's one possibility. Um, we know that he was telling advisors when he was resisting giving these things back, you know, they're mine, it's mine, and so forth. So that's always one possibility. Uh, the other is that he, you know, sees, and well, one other is that he sees some advantage. And whether that is something that makes him seem aggrandized or bigger, or whether it's that he could see it as leverage of some kind, uh, you know, you have to consider that possibility. There's a lot we still don't know. Um, but Trump, throughout his presidency, acted as if there was no difference between himself and the government and his company. It was all one big brand. Moving on to the next topic, which is the special master. Sounds ominous. Sounds like someone who used to hang out at the vault on the west side of Manhattan who wore a leather mask. Now, let's be serious here. According to reporting at the New York Times, the special master was appointed by a federal judge, one that the Donald so graciously put on the bench. This was an unprecedented intervention by a federal district judge into the middle of an ongoing federal criminal and national security investigation. Siding with Mr. Trump, this judge, Eileen M. Cannon, nice name, ordered the appointment of an independent arbiter to review the more than 11,000 government records the FBI seized in its search of Mar-a-Lago last month. She granted the arbiter, known as a special master, broad powers that extended beyond filtering materials that were potentially subject to attorney-client privilege to also include executive privilege. That would be the Don as president. All right, Robert, thank you. I want to bring in CBS News legal contributor Keir Dougal to give us some analysis uh, of this filing so far. So, Keir, for a lot of us, I think this is the first time we've ever heard of a special master uh, before. So I want you to sort of break down, like, what a special master is, who, who would do this, and also whether the role of a special master is always the same or can it be sort of redefined? Because I find it interesting that the president's team is asking that the special master look at the documents before the FBI does. A special master is effectively uh, an assistant to the court. 
someone qualified to make legal determinations like this, but effectively uh, someone who is capable of taking on a big job for the court um, and taking it off the court's plate. Um, the role of a special master in any given case is pretty fact-specific, depends on what the court needs, and the authorization or the order appointing a special master can be tailored to fit those special needs. But basically, um, a special master is someone who comes on to assist the court. In federal criminal cases and FBI investigations, the idea of a special master is actually pretty common. They just call it something else. In some of the other stories I've reported on, I've seen special teams that review documents and compartmentalize information. This usually happens inside of cases that have been tried at the state level and then they are moved to the federal level or vice versa. FBI agents call them dirty teams. They just review the documents. They don't have anything to do with the actual investigation. This is real inside baseball of our American criminal justice system. But the more important part to point out is that everyone is calling bullshit on this, even Bill Barr. Bill Barr, who served as Trump's attorney general, says the judge's ruling granting a special master was wrong. He says the Justice Department should appeal the ruling. I don't think the appointment of a special uh, master is going to hold up, but even if it does, I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory. I, in other words, I don't think it changes the ballgame so much as maybe we'll have a rain, uh, rain delay for a couple yeah. of innings. What is the exact thinking here? Why does someone outside the Justice Department or the FBI, the agencies doing the investigation, have to look at anything. Why does anyone else have to review this insanity? This is a criminal investigation. This is cut and dry. And yet again, we're going down a rabbit hole where Trump is able to wrangle himself yet again out of trouble, gain more popularity, and look like a persecuted individual that was just a victim of a political hatchet job. I do know one thing, as a country, as far as judges and other individuals working inside the criminal justice system, it should be politics free, it should be based on justice alone, not judges campaigning to get a seat on the bench or backroom handshakes to gain power. So you're telling me, yet again, a Florida judge decides the fate of American politics? Something just ain't right. Somebody could get killed as a result of, of this information being out there. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And to think that the man who used to be uh, swore an oath to to ensure that the laws are faithfully executed, the guy who is formerly, you know, most responsible for the security of this nation has got that stuff sitting around in his basement mixed in with personal photos and letters. Um, it's just absolutely stunning. It's wildly irresponsible and dangerous. Let's be real here. This is a fucking joke. And everyone asked about this situation inside the legal community understands that the judge is using legal precedent that is downright egregious. In the New York Times reporting, the following comment pretty much sums it up. It's from Samuel Buell, a Duke University law professor. He states, To any lawyer with serious federal criminal court experience who is being honest, this ruling is laughably bad 
and the written justification is even flimsier. Donald Trump is getting something no one else ever gets in federal court. He's getting it for no good reason, and it will not in the slightest reduce the ongoing howls that he is being persecuted when he is actually being privileged. Nicole, sometimes as a lawyer, as a prosecutor, you get rulings from a judge that make you angry, maybe because the judge has misinterpreted the facts or the law. This ruling initially made me angry, but the more that I've studied it, it just makes me profoundly sad because this is a judge who does everything that she can to avoid clear law, who does everything that she can do to dismember the facts, to end up in a ruling that creates this sort of a special out for Trump. We have to continue to track this, but for now, what this does is delay the federal criminal investigation that is ongoing. So the talking heads can have a field day as some of this stuff will play out inside a courtroom, a biased courtroom driven by political favors, which sounds about right for the day and age we live in and the fucking pig fuck that this situation has become. Longtime Trump ally Steve Bannon is now likely facing state charges with a criminal indictment expected in New York. Such charges may revive a past controversy. Bannon once faced federal fraud charges related to We Build the Wall Incorporated, a fundraising operation that sought to build private sections of the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border and raise $25 million. The, Bollard panel is a the Justice Department alleged that Bannon personally received more than a million dollars from We Build the Wall. But early last year, Trump pardoned Bannon before he could be brought to trial on the federal charges. Steve Bannon could be in great legal jeopardy in terms of prison time. CBS News legal analyst Ricky Kleeman. While the state courts and the federal courts are separate entities, we look at something called double jeopardy as to whether someone could be tried twice for the same crime. Well, here, Steve Bannon was never tried. He was pardoned by former President Trump. So he was never put in jeopardy. So the state had every right to go forward. In a statement, Bannon wrote, this is nothing more than a partisan political weaponization of the criminal justice system. Trump won, Biden's illegitimate. This comes just weeks after the former Trump advisor was convicted of contempt of Congress. We've talked about Stevie B before on this podcast, and Stevie B remains fascinating, arrogant, and if we are being honest, the guy just seems like a prick. I'm not saying he isn't smart, but overall, he doesn't fit into the Lindsey Graham category. But if I saw Stevie B at a bar, I think a nice open-handed smack would be appropriate. I mean, this guy shows up to federal court with his collar popped up on his polo shirt, fresh from his yacht, fuck him, and his authoritarian bullshit that he preaches. Now, Donnie did give Stevie B a pardon, but keep in mind, that does not cover a crime at the state level. And that is where Stevie now finds his problems. Trump didn't pardon his co-defendants in this case, who did not serve in his administration. The final accused co-conspirator, Timothy Shea, fought the allegations at trial, where the jury ultimately deadlocked due to a lone holdout. 
Shea is still awaiting retrial. Now, if you remember correctly, and I'm sorry if I didn't fill you in on this one, this is the whole scandal about building a wall and Americans were going to pay for a fucking border wall. That was Stevie B's idea. And these guys, these three guys who obviously now they're in trouble, they pleaded guilty. Some of them supposedly stole money. Maybe Stevie B did. I don't know. Let me tell you why the above is important. See, with Brian Colfage and Andrew Badalato pleading guilty, that means the state case can build on that information. They also have trial transcripts of Timothy Shea, who went to trial in the Southern District, which means they can strategize on how to take Bannon down based on some of the mistakes that were made at federal trial. They can then implement that stuff at the state level. They don't like your politics, they hate your attitude, and they're trying to send you to jail. Did you think this, I didn't think this could happen, we'll start there, did you think this could happen? 100% I think it happened. This is the, remember, these guys all thought they were going to change China and, and the Chinese Communist Party. They're taking on the aspects of the authoritarian state and state capitalism combined. This is the, the elites that run this country. This is exactly what, how they want to run it. Remember, Tucker, I'm not new to this. I, I've spent more than any Trump official in intense, uh, you know, uh, uh, being a witness in the Mueller Commission for, I think, 30 hours. Uh, in the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, I had Bill Burke, I had Alex Spiro, here I had David Sean, I had top lawyers. They wouldn't even let, my, they wouldn't even let it be that I could rely on the, uh, uh, on the opinion of my lawyer. Here they took away every possible defense so somebody can have a defense of law. Okay, that's why we didn't even put on a defense. We just had a closing, had an opening argument and a closing argument. But in the meantime, you've just been convicted. I, I mean, if the... How do you feel about going to jail? Are you confident you would be safe there, for example? I, I, first off, if I go to jail, I go to jail. I will never back off a second. Look, I spent eight years as a naval officer. I've committed my life to this, pro to this program to get this done. I will never back off. I support Trump in the Constitution, and I'm not backing off one inch. My life has been such a whirlwind since I saw you. I've been running round in circles in my mind. And it always seems that I'm following you, Donnie, cause you take me to the places that alone I never find. And even as I wonder, I'm keeping you in sight. You're a candle in the window on a cold, dark winter's night. And I'm getting closer than I ever thought I might. And I can't fight this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. It's time to bring this ship into the shore. Throw away the old forever. Fucking losing my marbles.